love riding my bike. I love running. I don't care what they think about it. I love it. At that point, when I knew I was going to win, chills just went up and down my entire body. I don't believe there are any good or bad foods. Food is food. I still feel so passionate about getting that record that I'm like, I'm just going to do it. As an athlete, I was like, what's my story or what's your story? What can you learn from it? And what can you teach people? Welcome to the Iron Woman podcast. I'm Haley Chura. I'm joined by Alyssa Gadeski. Alyssa, I have been stalking your social media and I think you were doing some big swim run training in Virginia Beach area this weekend. Is that right? Were these like up-to-date posts that I was following? They were very up-to-date posts. Like, you know, basically we'd get done the day of training and then we'd be putting our content on to keep everyone who was waiting with bated breath about what Team USA is doing, um, informed. And yes, so I traveled down to Virginia Beach this weekend, which is the home of Steve Keller, um, also known as Bubbles. That's his team nickname. And he had us come in for the weekend and we were doing a big training weekend um, to continue to kind of sort out our, well, fitness and then like gear kind of keep playing with team tactics and just, you know, check in with each other, get some FaceTime with each other, more team bonding, all of that good stuff. So it was really, really fun. We got super, super lucky with the weather. Um, Friday was actually quite windy. So like our first little shakeout ocean swim was really, really choppy. Um, And so that's my least favorite conditions to swim in. But I was like, okay, I can do this, Alyssa, three days. It's okay. But Saturday we woke up, it was super calm and Haley. I basically, so part of one water is you're going nonstop for, yeah, we should make like, sure our listeners know in case there's someone new you're training oh yeah, for the okay. one water okay. race yes. in Sweden. It's a team race. It's swim run. It's very, very long. Yes. It's the entire, basically you start at the Northern point of the Swedish archipelago and you swim to the Southern point and you have five checkpoints. I think five, they might change it this year along the way that you're like navigating with map and compass to along the way. Um, but it's basically a giant swim run, choose your own adventure otherwise. So, um, teams of three, they have to be co-ed and then you have your fourth team member is your crew and safety person on a boat alongside of you, um, in the water and kind of meeting you on land at certain points and things like that. So we, a lot to practice and it's basically, you know, they say go and you have, I think they say like 50 or 60 hours will be approximately like the time limit that they think for this whole thing. And that means you go through the night. And so of course, like swimming at night is not something in open water, you know, that people do often. I certainly have never done it. In fact, I've looked at open water at night and been like, man, there is a 0% chance I would ever get in that water right now. Right. So I knew that was going to be just like a mental hurdle that I had. And I, I just didn't want to So one of my teammates, Jared Shoemaker, he raced one water last year. And so he has a lot of experience with it and kind of knowledge. And he, you know, when I raised that question, like, you know, I don't know if I'm brave enough to swim open water in the middle of the night. He's like, oh, it's fine. You're tethered to your two teammates. You have the safety boat right there at night. You have headlamps and glow sticks. And it's actually, you know, not that bad. And he kept saying, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. It'll be fine. But you swim with a headlamp? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Do you have a waterproof headlamp? Well, I found out that I do this weekend because I wanted to just rip the bandaid off this like fear and like sitting in my head of like, how scary is this going to be? 
And so I was like, okay, when we get together in Virginia beach, we, we have to get up early. We have to get up early and do a night swim as part of the training day, because I just, I wanted to get it out of my head that it would be okay. And so wait, wait, they, okay. How early are you getting up? Because it was light out at 5am when I went to the pool this morning here, is it, yeah. a, is it so you're like at 3am or something? Well, it definitely was good. I mean, Virginia beach is like more central, like mid Atlantic. Right. So we would have okay. that problem in Vermont too. Um, where it would be like, yeah, we're getting up at like two in the morning to like actually make sure it stays dark. But in Virginia beach, you know, the sunrise was actually not really till like five 30. Um, it was getting light at five 30. So we knew if we started swimming at five, it would still be black, uh, like pitch black. And so that was our goal. So we got up at four 30 to be basically, you know, wading into the water at five. And on Friday night, we looked up and we were like, Oh, it's a full moon. It's going to be like, you know, it's not even going to be scary at all. It's going to be like so bright. And we wake up on Saturday at four 30 and it's like so foggy and so dense. Like you can't even see the moon at all. And I was like, Oh God, like at least this is a true experience. Right. Um, so like, we'll see. And so we had us three. Um, and then we had Kristen, who's our, our fourth team member and crew. And then we had Alicia K Jordan's wife or Jerry Jordan, Jared's wife. And she has been coming to help like capture some of our content and things like that. Um, tell the story of the team. So she got up early with us too. And so we had, um, but we like looked around and I'm looking around and I'm like, the fog is so dense. You can't see any, like, you can't see land from darkness from whatever. And I was like, I, I still just like, don't understand how you know where to swim. Right. And so um, Kristen's like, I, she has a, her headlamp on. So she's like, you just follow, like, keep me on your left. Right. And just like, keep swimming and keep me on your left. And so I was like, okay, well, um, and Alicia was like, I'll have my light on, on the beach. And she was just going to like walk parallel to us kind of on the beach too, to like be that other side for us. And so I was like, oh my gosh. And then you're tethered. You are tethered. So I was in the middle and I had Jared in front of me and Steve behind me. And we basically just got in the pitch black ocean and started swimming. And so when you have a tether, it's basically connected from your midpoint up to like the other person's midpoint. So it's just a string. Like if you've ever swum on a cable in an open water situation, it kind of feels like swimming on a cable. Like you're just looking down at that and keeping it taut, uh, but not to you in the face. No, it's weird. The way, the way it kind of works is like, it's deep enough that it doesn't hit you in the face, which is good. Um, yeah, if it it gets slack, like if the person in front of you kind of changes their line too suddenly and it gets slack, then you have an issue where your, your arms will catch it. But as long as like everyone's kind of in a groove and a rhythm, it's, it actually works great. So, and then yeah, you're wearing a headlamp. And so the headlamp kind of illuminates like a little bubble into the water. And I mean, the ocean water is ocean water. So it's not super, super clear really. And like, but so you basically just see like brown water and then like a bubble of light. And then you see the flash of the reflective, like tether, you know, all the time as you're like breathing and moving. So basically I just put my head down and like moved my arms as if I was swimming. And then I was just like, I hope Jared's like swimming in the right direction. Right. Like you're at the mercy of where he's going. Um, and he is a little bit more used to it. So maybe he found it easier, um, to just kind of like sight off of, like, I think it's, I don't have a lot of open water experience with that to be like trusting myself to even swim straight along a kayak. Like, 
in the daytime. Um, like I like to have the big thing I've found with that is that you just trust the kayak. True. Like yeah. I feel like I've done some of these like boat like relays and, yeah, and done, that like, kind of thing and stuff, right? Yeah, and yeah. where you can't see the shore and there's no buoys or anything like that. And I've done it with people and they're like, "No, this is straight." And it's like, "No, no, no the boat usually knows." Like yeah. trust the boat. Yeah. <laughs> they have a little better vantage point. But it is bizarre. I mean, it's it's just bizarre. Like you're literally just like in blackness swimming and like did you get I mean, bumped by any animals? Any no wildlife? Animals. So I made them swear there was like nothing in that water. Oh, and there's it, things. I mean, there's it was definitely like a big area um, of the thing. And Steve's wife is like a marine veterinarian, like and in the area. And so she's very up to date on like what has even like washed up, right? And like she promised that like the whole area is safe. We would be safe. She's like, I wouldn't let Steve go if it was dangerous. And I was like, yeah, I guess that's true. Like he has two young kids. Like <laughs> she wants to keep them around too. So it's just bizarre. Like it wasn't, I would never do it alone. Like there was a 0% chance I would have ever gone and done like a night swim in the dark like that, just to be like, Oh, I just should try it out on my own. But with people, it felt totally safe and doable, but it is bizarre. Like it's, I didn't have like very, like a peace, like I didn't find it peaceful and relaxing, but it was doable. So I guess I've checked that box and that's like, that's what we'll do. Um, well done. I'm sure in a race atmosphere though, too, it's like, things are just like, like, kind of scary things that it would be scary in normal life or a lot easier in that race atmosphere when you have the adrenaline and other people are doing it and you're just like not thinking about consequences. <laughs> and they're apparently, well, again, they've told me that there is no, like, why I guess like everything just like dies for whatever reason off the coasts, like in that area, in the wild, like, so they claim That's too not good. That's like, yeah, not I mean- good. <laughs> I don't know. Like not good for like the future of humanity. I mean, maybe it's career race. Um, I think the wildlife is fine. I like seeing some wildlife. I, you know, it's just like, yeah, they don't want to eat you. You don't look that Uh, delicious. I mean, some things want to eat us, but anyway, I think it's it felt safe enough. So I will continue. And then, um, so anyway, so we did two k, I think, in the water in the dark, which was pretty good. Like I felt good about that. We got out um, and then had breakfast and headed to a local state park in Virginia Beach where we kind of just set up a base camp and you could easily swim different uh, routes and different like, you know, little loops with running and things like that. And our plan was basically to swim every hour on the hour. We'd try and get out and like pick a distance, do the swim. And in the meantime, people could run, people could just like relax. But like the big thing was like, having to make yourself get in the water every hour on the hour. And we picked eight hours for like our arbitrary time frame that we would be out there and we did it. So we ended up like with a total of with the morning swim, plus that eight hour chunk, we had like 12 K of swimming in the day. Um, and we got a lot of practice in, we got to like, it was very clear, like Steve was swimming really well. And so I actually, ended up third in line, which like, I am perfectly happy to like cruise along third in the train of people. Um, and then that also like, you can play with tactics about like, okay, if Steve's leading, Jared can sit behind him and then Jared might not need paddles. So he can like rest his arms a bit and not have the paddles on all of the time. Cause it is like, it's a lot of time with paddles, um, and things like that. So we played with a lot of that. We played with gear. We played with like swimming with our shoes on and swimming with them off and, what's faster and things like that. Um, and it was really fun. So it was 
a big, big That's, day swimming. That sounds different. like a, what worthwhile, uh, training exercise. I am curious. I mean, because I feel like, um, you know, these long challenging group races, there's always like drama in the group. Is there any drama in your group yet? I mean, are, <laughs> do you expect that? Um, you know, any, like you have strong personalities. I'm thinking like reality TV, is that going to be in your video at all? Well, it is funny because I think Alicia and Kristen who were like supporting on kayaks the whole day would definitely be able to give you more of the drama because basically like while we'd be swimming, if someone was annoyed at something, they'd be like swimming in the line and put their head up and they'd like yell and complain to Alicia or Kristen, like their complaint, right? Like, you know, Steve's not swimming street or like, you know, Jared's not like going fast enough. What's wrong with him? Or like, you know, why is Alyssa like not like just letting herself get pulled. So <laughs> they definitely would have more insight, but for sure we are. Um, and I will say that Jared is really good at swimming straight. Like the man can swim a straight line in open water. Like I've never seen anyone do. I mean, I've looked at our files after swimming behind him too. And it's like a dead straight line for sure. So he does sometimes get like annoyed when whoever's swimming in front isn't going super straight. So we're working on, you know, allowing people to be a little bit off here and there, as long as like overall, if not like a big change. Um, and then Steve and I are also going to work on our ability to swim straighter in open water. So, that, <laughs> so oh, okay. Means- so here's the meltdown we can see happening in Sweden when everyone's tired and Jared's like, uh, I'm in a straight line. <laughs> I mean, I like the dramas sometimes yeah. a little bit, no. that, that kind of drama that's better than like, you know, the average reality show. But Perfect. it sounds Perfect. like you guys are training really well. So congratulations. Um, you know, thank you for the update. I'm glad you got to spend some time together too. And um, yeah, I mean, well, I have one other fun. thing. So the whole, this is like the big part of Saturday. I forgot. So we start swimming and then all of a sudden, like midway through the first swim, I think maybe the second swim, all of a sudden we all like start looking up and being like, oh my God, my body's on fire. Right. And Haley, there were jellyfish everywhere. Oh. And it was the first time I've ever been in the water. It was the first time I ever got stung by jellyfish. I've never been stung before. And so like, I've always managed to avoid them at races. Like I think when they've been prevalent at like Eagle Man, I've always just either not gotten hit or like been in a full wetsuit or something. Right. And so it was the first time I really was like stung and there was just no way. And we're like flinging them on each other. Cause you're like, it's like, I mean, you're just swimming and you just have to keep swimming at one point one, like went into my mouth and stung my <gasps> tongue. Like it was crazy. Um, and it was the only time I think I've Did ever hurt been- bad, like on your tongue. I, I think I'm not that allergic because it definitely would okay. sting like really, really bad, but then it would go away. Like within one minute I was fine again. Um, okay. the guys definitely had more like reactions to them than I did. I just kind of like, yeah, it would like sting and kind of turn dull red, but it wasn't bad. But like Steve definitely had some welts for a while. Jared did too. And like, it was cra- It was the first time we've ever been like, there's all these jellyfish. Like, let's keep swimming for eight more hours in this environment. Cause we just, so that was also a really good test. Like it didn't phase us, you know? Um, but have you ever swum with a lot of jellyfish? It's like, it's not fun. It's not not like- ones that sting. I've swum through like, um, I think I remember Brazil one year, there were tons, like, like millions of jellyfish, mm-hmm. like so many, like you could just feel them, but they're really tiny and they didn't sting you. So it mm-hmm. almost felt like you were just like swimming through like debris. Like that was what it felt like. Like you were swimming through like, like weeds or something, but it wasn't, it was like really small jellyfish. Um, but they didn't sting. I think that's like the only, I, I have mostly like not 
encountered jellyfish in races either. I think I've been pretty lucky, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but yeah, that is the, that is probably good to practice, uh, because you never know what's going to happen on a race day and you don't want your race day to end with something like that. Yeah. And it's good to know that you're not that allergic. That's a great, great skill. Yay, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I guess I'll just add that to the list for sure. Um, but, but it was a good, good, solid weekend. My shoulders are definitely feeling it today. And I'm wondering what have you been up to this weekend? Have you been like preparing for Coeur d'Alene in a sauna this yeah. year? Doing oh, actually- I'm not doing any sauna. <laughs> I, I mean, this is probably something good to chat about. Like, um, you know, I, I am a f- fan of heat acclimatization training. If you have the time and space in your life to accommodate that. And I definitely don't right now. I don't think, and not, not this early in the season. Like, I just don't think I'm at like the fitness level to add that extra stress to my training. And so I'm just crossing my fingers. Coraline won't be that hot. And if it is, I will just do my best to manage it. And so that's just like a decision I have made for just given my life circumstance. I think, you know, if it was Hawaii, like I will plan accordingly for something like that, where, you know, it's going to be hot and it's the world championship. And it's like, okay, I'm going to take every risk. (laughs) And it's just been a little bit later in the season, but that's not something I'm doing right now. But my training has been going really well, like really, really well. Um, I'm like super psyched. Like I definitely am a lot fitter than I was in 2021, which is exciting. And, uh, I did do a like six hour ride in the rain the other day. And I just told myself, I was like, you know, you're like Taylor Swift, um, at a rain show. And this is like wonderful. The Eras tour has been like, like putting rose colored glasses on like every training session. I think I have. And like, I am able to like reframe everything. Cause I mean, it's awesome when she's like drenched at those rain shows and like in those fancy outfits. And I'm like, you're just like her, you know, it's just, it's, it's a cool thing. I don't know. It's changed my opinion on rain. Oh, I love that. I love that. It is. I mean, it's funny how like something like that though, really can give you like a mental shift in perception and like how you're going to frame that for yourself. Right. And make a big difference. I think you just need to make sure your outfits are like accordingly planned, which I feel like you will be in neon. So then you can basically, yeah, be the, the if I could do sequins, I would do sequins, but I feel like for Iron Man sequins is probably not the best look these days. Yeah, you're right. But, um, I don't, what if she gets a lot of chafing in those rain shows? Jeez. I didn't think about that, but, um, yeah, no, I'll be out there in neon. I, um, no, my training's been really good. I did have one treadmill session the other day, but I mean, it shouldn't have been tough, but I, I was like, feel so good that I went and like got on the treadmill a little earlier than I probably should have a little close to lunch. And, um, had a bit of like some GI issues, but I was like, I was like, okay, there's value in the struggle. And that's, I will say like, I, I am not a stranger to porta potties necessarily on race courses. And so, so when that does happen in training it, I dislike it because it's like annoying to have to stop and it's annoying to like, you know, change your workout that way. But I'm like, actually this happens in races too. And so you, it can be good to just practice like, okay, taking care of things and then getting going again. And, um, so I tried to embrace that, but then like two days later, I had another treadmill run and it went much better and it felt so much better. And I was like, oh, heaven, <laughs> heaven, when you don't have to stop. And it's amazing how much like more controlled the paces feel when you're not like, you know, worried about your 
stomach. So Once again, I'm, now I'm wondering if Taylor ever had, I mean, surely she has like eaten something before performing. Right. That's like, Oh, I got to go right now. But like, I guess they, I'm sure they have dealt with it. And like, porta potties like beneath the stage. I wonder that she's like, I like, I mean, I wasn't up there dancing and singing, but like, I mean, we timed our bathroom break, like right before Phoebe Bridger's set. Yeah. And like, I was trying to stay hydrated. Cause that's also like a tip I've had. So I had certain stuff at my seat, but then like, by the end I was like, Oh goodness, I need a bathroom. And I was like, she has to as well. Right. Like I, I would yeah. love the behind the scenes on that. Cause I think that's something people ask us a lot with Iron Man. Like, what do you do? And I'm like, yeah. what does Taylor do? I'm like, and she's in like major costumes. So it's not like quite as easy rip as it down and rip it up. Yeah. Bandex yeah. <laughs> on a race course. Um, I know maybe when she like tell, does a tell all book, she'll, she'll spill some behind the scenes yeah. on that. <laughs> but I know, I mean, she's an inspiration for endurance athletes everywhere. Thank you, Taylor Swift. And Haley, so we have, we did get some mailbags in this week, which are amazing because I loved that our community was jumping and eager to help us figure out our dilemma with recording the podcast after Haley does Ironman Coeur d'Alene. And so thank you to the people helping us with that. We will, we'll, we'll keep everyone in suspense about how that will unfold, but, um, in the meantime, feel free to continue sending questions into the mailbag at ironwomenpodcast at gmail.com. And we have a great interview this week, Alyssa. We are talking to Katie Colville. She's a rookie professional triathlete from Atlanta, Georgia. And Katie had a really solid amateur career. I think she raced 18 amateur Ironmans. She finished in the top 10 in her age group in Kona last year. Uh, she was an overall amateur champion, women's champion at Tremblant 70.3. She had this like really incredible age group career. And so we talked to her about why 2023 felt like the right time to go pro, uh, what she thinks about the pressures of racing pro and sponsorship. And if that's different from when she raced in the age group ranks and also what she's thought about her pro races so far, she raced, uh, most recently Chattanooga 70.3, just a few weeks ago. And so we hear, hear about, you know, her thoughts on, on all of that, uh, in our conversation that we'll have right after a word from our sponsors. Hi, Katie. Welcome to the Iron Women podcast. Hi, thank you guys so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here today. We're excited to have you, especially because you just raised Chattanooga 70.3 yesterday. So to kick off this conversation, what did you think of your race? Okay. So first of all, I was proud of myself. Was I necessarily happy with how the placing ended up? No, but this year is totally a, a learning experience, right? I'm going from, you know, racing amateur where I've been kind of, you know, at the top, I don't want to say this in a bad way, but I've been like doing well amateurly, right? So this year I'm stepping up. And even though I wasn't like, the placing doesn't matter really. I'm proud of myself. I did Ironman Texas like a month ago. And I remember just being out there on the bike, being like, wow, this is so beautiful. I'm grateful. I'm racing in the pro category. One of my dreams for a long time. I, I don't care where I am. I don't care if I'm racing alone. I mean, you know, whatever. <laughs> I, I don't care if I'm out here by myself. I'm just grateful to be here. And that was kind of the vibe I was trying to cultivate for myself, just feeling good. And I finished and I wasn't freezing after the slam. So that's a win for me this year so far. Oh, okay. Well, you talk about being alone on the bike. You were definitely not alone on the run because it was like a yeah. really close finish. I think you were like five seconds ahead of Kaylee Slade. Did you yeah. know she was coming? I had no idea until I saw the video of my, my partner 
And she was like, and I heard Kaylee Slade. And I was like, oh shit, I'm glad I, you know, didn't slow down, you know, take my time. Cause I like, I had no idea. Like, you know, I kind of do the whole like over my shoulder thing, but at that point I'm like, okay, trying to get to the end. So I had no clue. So yeah. Cause Chattanooga like, doesn't have too many, there's a couple points you might catch. They got of rid of them. But- Oh, they, they did. The outback. Okay. There's like there's no outback. Right? There's okay. one section. There's one section when you get on the river path. Oh but I yeah, think it's yeah. less than a mile, like less okay. than half a mile. So I could kind of see like, okay, who was way ahead? Who was like maybe oh, slowing man. down a little? You know, closing in. So and then I was like, so it was yeah. So I had no idea. And she, I saw her run split. Like she was she was running fast. Yeah. So yeah. So it was you know what. I do my work on the run. That's always been the thing. I got a few people in the run. I moved up and I didn't get caught. So that was good. You know, I'll, I'll take it, you know, and I feel okay today. So I'm a little sleepy, but you know, that's, I feel typical. So yeah, it was a great day. All and about Katie, learning. Yeah. So it was, it is your first year raising pro yes. and this was your first race, I think with a women's only pro field. So Correct. did that side of things feel different while you were racing? Yeah, it did. It felt kind of, it felt kind of cool because, you know, I mean, you know, not, not that the tension is all on the men, but I felt like we got a lot of love out there, you know, like all, and it's so funny, like sitting in the pro, I don't, to me, I've been through three pro briefings now and like, nobody had any questions. The women were like, yeah, this is fine. You know, the men are always like, um, question about slotting in yes. no. <laughs> or you're not really, but that was kind of like, like my... the third turn of the eighth part of the exactly. third bike. Like, how are we going to do that with the view? Yeah, exactly. Like, it yeah. was, it was super chill. And I just, I don't know. It was, it felt like good vibes. Like a lot of people, I just, you know, I tried to be friendly. I tried not to like bother anybody too, but like, I'm also like, Oh my God, there's Meredith Kessler, you know, like me fangirling. Right. Um, it was, it was cool. It was, I thought, it was well done. I felt like it was way chiller than, I don't know, maybe that's just the vibe with all females. I, I'm not really sure. Um, but it was, it, it, I, I liked it. I like kind of having the attention on us. Not that, I mean, I'm new to this, right. So I don't really, you know, have a really a place to say, I wanted the attention on us, right. I'm just happy to be there, but it was cool to just kind of like, okay, this is about the ladies today, you know? So yeah, I love it. And what about, you know, having now a couple of pro races under your belt and you raced age group for a long time. And as you mentioned, you were very successful at that. So is pro racing what you expected? So I think it is. I think, yes, if anything, like this is kind of what I thought after my third race, I, I wasn't sure how I was going to feel, um, going into this. I knew that I was going to be, I've said this a lot, like a a a small fish in a bigger pond. And I was worried that I was going to feel demoralized, but I'm not, I'm, I'm excited to keep going. I feel like a beginner again. I've, you know, I'm like, it's made me love the sport more. It's, you know, I think we all kind of, especially when you spend a lot of time age group racing, you're so, I don't know, the focus is on qualifying for a world championship race, getting better and getting better. But I feel like I can go into this with no pressure other than just showing up and giving my all and then, you know, learning from each experience. So I'm invigorated. Like I'm excited for the next one. I'm excited to keep learning. I'm excited to keep, you know, learning how to race. Like that's the biggest takeaway because I don't know. I'm like, this is, I mean, this is a big deal for me. I have to work on getting like a fast swim start. So I'm like used to, you know, like jumping in the water, stretching and like taking my time, but damn those ladies go, you know, I'm like, (laughs) I felt like I just like started triathlon again when you first get in the water. So it's like, I'm learning how to, how to kind of navigate it. So I, yes, it's, it's all what I thought and more and even better than I thought. I hope that answers the question. Cause I, I didn't know what to expect, you know? Um, but I felt like it feels a little, 
not easier, but I feel like logistically, I feel like, okay, boom, I get to where I need to be. People, you, you, you have a port, you don't have to wait for hours in a port pilot. I'm like, that's a big deal for me. You know, it's like, Where's, oh, I don't know if I'm allowed to say that on here. Um, no, you're fine. You're <laughs> you fine. You can and, say anything. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And as you learn to navigate this, do you have friends or kind of mentors in within the pro field itself or that you have, that have kind of prepped you for some of the differences in the racing and kind of helped you think through, like, it's, you know, not going to feel demoralizing, like, you know, and kind of yeah. worked on that side of things with you or are there people yeah. out there for that for you? So definitely. So I've, so I've taught, you know, my, my, um, my coach is Adam Zuko and he coaches Danielle Lewis and she's, he's kind of at the beginning of the season, he kind of reached out to her and was like, you know, take Katie under your wing. And she's been really helpful to me, you know, and just kind of like, you got to focus on you, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day, you know, this is, you got to start rip the bandit off. No one's no one else. She, she said this to me and I loved it. She's like, no one's really thinking about you, Katie. I don't mean that in a bad way, but like no one, everybody's thinking about their own race. You just do you and you learn from every experience. So yeah, I've, I've reached out to her a lot and just kind of asked questions. And there've been people that I've kind of met along the way, or I've known that have been age groupers that have stepped up before me. And I'm like, help me. No, but yeah, there's, I feel like, I feel very supported. You know, it's not, I don't know. There's probably that sense of there's some cutthroatness in, but I haven't felt that specifically. Um, maybe cause I just kind of approach it with like, Hey, I'm new and I have a question for you. And everybody's been really kind, you know, for the most part. So yeah, I feel like I've had some good, some people, um, really like be there for me and share a lot, which I'm very grateful for because I still, I'm still like, don't know what I'm doing, but you know, I'm trial by fire. Right. And aside from that swim start, do you find that the race plays out strategically different than, uh, like, do you take bigger risks than you might have as an age grouper? I don't know if I'm quite there yet. Does that make sense? Because what I've noticed is I'm, it's different to be like, again, I'm not trying to like toot my own home, but I'm, I'm used to like kind of being up at the front the whole race. And now I'm at the back for most of the, and that's, I'm not, it's cool with that. So I'm kind of just like, it's more just me trying to realize, okay, race within my limits. You can push a little bit harder, but know that you've got to, there's more work that you can accomplish. Does that make sense? Sort of what I'm yeah, saying? Psychologically, like, are you talking to yourself differently yes, during yes. the race? 100% because you got to, I got to, because like, it's like an ego adjustment type thing, right? Um, It's more like, okay, you're here. You get to do this. You should be great. You're in the pro field. Not like I'm beating myself up, but it's like, specifically Ironman Texas was exhausting for that purpose. Like just knowing I've done 20 Ironmans and that one felt the most exhausting because of all that psychological, mental kind of knowing that I had to, I mean, we all have big goals for ourselves, right? And I know I'm a beginner in this, but it's like a lot of self-talk to be like, you're right where you're supposed to be. No comparison. You know what I mean? Just kind of encouraging myself, knowing that I like dropped 11 places on the bike and knowing like, okay, I can, it's okay. It's fine. You know, just do me, be grateful, smile. And, you know, you get your work done on the run. So that's, so it's just, yeah, it's like little mindset adjustments, but also on the other, the flip side, it's a bit freeing because it's like, there aren't any expectations other than expectations I place on myself. When I was racing age group, it's like, well, you've got to win your age group. You've got to, you know, I I mean, I said that to myself, you know, um, but now it's kind of like, no, I can. I can, I can take more risks. I can try to, my coach has been trying to tell me about this for years. Cause he's like, Katie, really? I want you to push the bike 
and see that you can still run off the bike. Cause I'm so conservative. I, I think I race conservatively on the bike. Cause I know that running is what I, I mean, I'm getting better in all of them. Right. But running is what I've got, but like, this is a year where I can like really push the bike. And if I do blow up on the run, it's okay because I'm, I'm learning what I'm capable of. If that make, you know, that's, I mean, that was a mouthful. Yeah. No. At, have you noticed, like, are you going faster times now that you're racing in the pro field is, I mean, it, it's hard to compare year to year yeah. even on the same course sure. um, because of conditions and everything, but do you think it's helping you race at a higher yes, level? I definitely think so. I definitely think that it's helping push me specifically um, on the, on all of them. Cause I'm chasing, you know, I'm chasing. So I do feel like, you know, I haven't, cause I haven't repeated any courses. I'm going to repeat 70.3 Chamblant and race the pro race this year. So that'll be a good comparison. Cause I did, I raced it amateurly last year. And it'd be cool to see how, how that compares. But yeah, there is like, i look at my heart rates and I don't know if that's just nerves, but like compare it and like they're way higher than they were like last year, but I think it's nerves. And it's also like, okay, let's step this up. Let's try to, to push a little bit and see what I can get out of myself, you know? So yeah, for sure. And what about your athletic background, like growing yeah. up and kind of how you found triathlon? Can you walk us through sure. that journey? Yeah, of course. So I was a gymnast. I was a gymnast starting from age like three to 16. I dabbled in like summer league swim team, but I mean, like literally that was not intense at all. That was more like beg your mom for 50 cents to get Skittles after your race. You know, like I remember on the first day of swim team, I had a, like a ruffled bathing suit on because I didn't have, and I remember crying because oh. <laughs> no, I, nobody had, like, I didn't, I didn't look like the other girls. Right. You know what I mean? I remember like I swim at 25 and I'd hold on to the, you know, like as a six-year-old. So I, I was a gymnast. I played, you know, um, I played like neighborhood sports, um, and I was always very active. Um, but I, when I got to college, go dogs, Haley, um, yes. <laughs> but the triat there's a youth, like there's a triathlon club and I, I watched, you know, I kind of always in the back of my mind, I was like, that's cool. My dad would watch Ironman and I'd watch it with him, like growing up. And, um, I, I like, I was after, you know, gymnastics, I appreciate gymnastics, but I think that, um, it was, it's just hard on the body. You know, I was, by the time I got to 16 from three years old to 16, being in the gym, like multiple hours a week, many, several days a week, it just burnt me out, you know? And I was like, I needed a change and being active has, or movement has always been like, kind of like therapy for me. So, um, I was like, well, I needed to find something. So I, I kind of like, okay, there's a student led triathlon team. And I was a complete beginner. Um, I mean, I could run, right. I bought a bike off Craigslist. Um, I ran like for fun, like not like, you know, and, and I could sort of swim, right. Not really. Um, but that's how I got into it. It was like coll collegiate student led. And I loved it. I just loved the atmosphere. And those were like my people, my, my buddies. I didn't do like, you know, the university of Georgia, it's big on like, you know, sororities and fraternities. I wasn't into that. My, my group was the triathlon team, you know, those are my buddies and I loved it. And I, I thought I was studying exercise and sports science. And I was like, wow, you know, this could be, I was strength coaching at the time. And I just was like, I want to get good at this sport. You know, like that's when like Chrissy Wellington was like in her prime and I was so inspired by her. And I was like, I just want to keep going. So that's kind of, I was a gymnast and I've been doing triathlon since 2009. So, I mean, it's, been a quite a long time now, but yeah. So wait, so our paths like almost crossed. Cause I, yeah. I graduated in 2007 okay, okay. and I actually did. I jumped into like, well, a couple of the 
after I was done swimming, I jumped yeah. into a couple of the triathlon club swims because I like, oh, being, that's good so cool. at, I like being good at things. Yeah. I didn't do it. No, actually I did one. I did my very first ever brick with them. And then I like, um, they, I did like this race at Clemson and oh, cool. I remember them, like a couple people from the tri club took me to Clemson and we like rode the course and it was 12 miles and it was so long, like, yeah. so, and I was dying. And then I did the whole, the like very classic, like fell off the bike, but I never like, I, they were just so nice and open right. and like welcoming to me, even though I just like really enjoyed coming and being the fastest person at swim practice. That's like, awesome. <laughs> no, well, we heard like, we like you, when did you start racing pro Haley? Uh, 2013, I think okay. was, okay. Yeah. Well, cause we like, we knew about, like, I remember knowing about you, like on the tri team, like, like, oh, so nice. she bit like, I was like, I was like, and then like, you know, I just like, we know, the, we knew about Lord. Haley Tura. Uh, you know, I saw cool. her fall off her bike once. Yeah, they're like, no. don't worry, Haley fell off too. Like, no. <laughs> I um, oh God, anyone can awesome. be a pro triathlete. <laughs> that's awesome. I had some good. I mean, I had some good age group races, and so I think that yeah. that I do kind of regret. I think I talk about this a lot, like not doing more local races as an age grouper, and especially in that, like 2009 was when I kind of got sure. serious about age group racing. So it was okay. probably right when when you were putting, you know, getting into the club triathlon scene, and I I kind of wish I had gone back to Athens for some of those local races and just okay. got to meet more people. Um, I was too, too long course focused, but you know, he can only whatever. Think yeah. No regrets, but yeah, I understand. Totally. I totally, that is cool. Least. I didn't, I mean, that's cool to see someone who came up from that collegiate club program. Yeah. I, mean, I know that there are a few of you and who are now racing pro. I think that's pretty neat. Yeah. It was cool. You know, going to us like triathlon collegiate nationals and having everybody there. And it was like, a club sport, but we felt like we weren't a club sport. You know, it was cool. It was like seeing Auburn in Florida and we're like, ah, boo, Florida. No, I'm kidding. Um, but you know, it was, it permeates all parts of your life when you're at Georgia, you're like, oh my gosh, it took me so many years to wear anything orange. Right. Um, but when, so when did the first time you like, you thought like, Hey, I could be a pro in this too. Well, I, okay. I, it was like my big scary dream for a long time. And I was always kind of like, well, you never know what could happen, you know? So, but I think like, I finally realized that I was like, I said to myself, I wanted to feel confident. I had kind of like technically qualified for my pro cards a couple times. Like I start things starting in 2018, but I didn't really feel ready until 2021. I got like second at uh, amateur at Chattanooga, the full. And I was like, and I would have come, like I placed within the pro field. And I thought to myself, okay, maybe I can do this. You know, it's always a big, scary goal, but I, I, I always, I wanted to be like ready mentally and physically, you know what I mean? Just kind of, I was enjoying the, you know, I, I love competing, but I was like, you know, this is my dream. Let's see how 2022 goes. And if 2022 goes well, like you got to take a chance, you know, you have to try and, I might never get on the podium and it doesn't matter, right? It's more like, this is something that it's like, why not level up and just, you never know until you try, right? So um, I, I always kind of felt I could do it inside of me, but I wasn't really confident. Like, okay, yeah, like I feel it in my bones, like 2021. And so what was it then that, going, that, you know, that's kind of my timeline. Yeah. So what was it then after 2021, maybe in the 2022 season, I mean, you've yeah. been raised I think 19 Ironmans as a amateur, right? right? Yeah. And so, yeah. that's, I mean, that's, that's a lot of time to yeah. have done Ironman. And then, yeah. so what was it, you know, in that season that made, you know, after Chattanooga, 
where you start yeah. to be like, okay, this is it. Like what kind of fell into place after that yeah. that really made you take the leap? I think number one, um, it was a mental kind of shift. I think, I think everybody kind of goes, I don't know, not everybody, but a lot of people in our sport, there's a lot of like mental pressure that you put on yourselves. And for a while there, I was kind of like really hell bent on doing well and caring so much about it. I think my performance took a dip, but I think I kind of like released mentally and was like, you know, you just do what you don't put so much pressure on yourself, go out there and do what you do. And, you know, like, what am I trying to try to say? Just don't, don't weigh so much heavily on if you fail a workout or if you don't fail a workout. And then I started to really just kind of see my performances kind of elevate a little bit, if that makes sense. I, I raced. So I did that year. I wanted, well, I'll tell you one or another reason why I, wa- I didn't want to go for 2022. I had qualified for St. George and Kona and I wanted to do them both. You know, I wanted to get like, cause you know, I might not get back to Kona. I mean, I'm not saying that, but like, I wanted to get one more shot because that was the race that like attracted me to the sport, you know? So I I did well in St. George. I won amateur at 70.3 Chamblon and I did Kona and Kona wasn't the day I was hoping for, but I don't think anybody has the day they're hoping for in Kona. I mean, I don't know. It's just only the person who won. Exactly. It's crazy. Everyone else is like, everyone else. We talk about that. It's so funny. Everyone else is like, oh, (laughs) Right. But, but so I kind of was like, you know what, this is the year, this is the year I got to do it. I've got a lot of experience. Um, why not just try? So it was kind of like that number one, taking some pressure off myself, but still like performing well without like being so hard on myself. Um, and then having like going into races, remembering why I love the sport. Cause I think there was a period of time where I, you know, when I bumped up from 25 to 29, I just wasn't performing as well. And I thought to myself, oh God, well, this is, this is over, you know, you know, I think, you know, this is over for me. I'm, you know, like there's so much, so I got really hard on myself and I got some injuries, you know, and then, I mean, I'm older now, but it's like, I was like, all right, you have to remember why you do this. It's because you love it. It, once it becomes a chore and something you don't enjoy anymore, that's when you're going to burn out. That's when you're going to start hating it. That's when you're going to get a negative outlook. So I was kind of like, you still love it. Go for fun. It doesn't matter where you place as long as, you know, you versus you. I really adopted that mentality. You know, that's really what I think was like, all right, Katie, you know what? Be brave. Take the leap because you're never going to know unless you try. And I think I was ready, you know, end of last year. And so when you planned out your 2023 race schedule, did mm-hmm. you plan it out any differently than when you were an age grouper? Oh, I'll tell you, I did because I didn't have to plan so far ahead of time. Cause my, you know, and also, you know what I mean? Like number one, my broke ass is like, oh, I can't sign up for this race now because like, or like, you know, I'm sorry, I shouldn't say that again, but um, no, I, I kind of had like a skeleton of what I wanted to do, but I wasn't like, I wasn't planning on doing Chattanooga, but then it was kind of like, oh, wow, I can sign up even two weeks ahead of time, which is, it's, I don't know. That's a big deal. For like, cause there have been so many races in the past where you sign up and it's like, oh shoot, you get an injury or you can't do it. Or, you know, so I feel like that flexibility is huge. So I kind of like wanted to start the season off and then I wanted to do a full and then, you know, so I, I kind of planned it out, but yes, very differently. It's been more, um, less, I guess, less strategic, less rigid. Yeah, totally. Cause it's kind of like, okay, well, I can kind of see how I'm feeling, you know, and play it by 
played by that, which I especially like Chattanooga when you can drive there from Atlanta. Exactly. The only hard thing can be some of those places where you have to find a hotel and like right, you know every age group are booked it a year in advance. Well, that's the thing I'm fine with Lake Placid. I'm like okay, so I think I'm gonna tr- I'm gonna try to race Lake Placid because. I think with the, I mean, I don't know, with the championship schedule this year, there's they're only doing mayor. I, I mean, the, it's a little bit different. I don't know. And I want to do a hilly race because I don't, you know, flat races are fine. But I think as, you know, being five foot one, it's it's harder to just get ahead on the bike um, on a flat race. So I want to, I think I'm going to do Lake Placid, but it's like, uh-oh, got to find a place to stay. But yeah, you're right. You're right. But you know what? It's going to work out. I'm like, hey, can you let me sleep on your floor? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's put it out, out there. You never know who's listening. Yeah, you know? exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Does someone have a closet? No, you need a bed. You need a bed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is like those are like the things that, as a little slightly older pro, I will say, like <laughs> that's worth it. Like having, having a good a place bed, to right? sleep. Yes, yes. True. And you got to do those hilly ones because I think that's where I first met you was up in the gaps. Yes. Um. You you know you have a good training training place for that. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, the gaps. I think I I saw my schedule this week and I have a gap ride. I'm like, wait, what? But you know what? <laughs> I asked for it a few weeks ago, so I'm excited. It'll be nice to get up to the mountains. Just got to be safe. And so talking about training then, are you keeping things similar to when you were racing as an amateur? Have you made some changes this year? So things are pretty similar. You know, I've been working with the same coach since 2013 and I, we've kind of adapted and grown together. You know, he, um, I, I mean, I, I've been always the kind of an athlete that's, um, I, I don't know. I respond well to volume. I will, you know, if he says it in the schedule, I'm going to make it work around the schedule. You know, that makes sense. So I think with things haven't really changed that much. It's just kind of like, you know, just keep chipping away, keep, um, you know, just knocking doing what's worked. Exactly. Yeah. Doing what's work. I mean, he, you know, he really, he's giving me more like, um, a little bit, I, I mean, we're pushing it a little bit more on the bike because that's kind of always what I need to be working on. But yeah, I mean, doing what's worked, um, he's all, you know, because I had raced a little bit more than I normally would, you know, this year we're, we're playing around with a little bit more, um, playing around with more rest, <laughs> which is great, you know? And it's kind of like, wow. At first I was like, I like, you have full rest day every week. And we didn't do that all the time. And I was nervous about it, but I'm like, Oh, wow. I actually feel good on the bike today. I don't feel so crushed that I'm kind of in that in between, you know, and I work, so I'm not, you know, so it's kind of, it's like that balance of like working and when can I get my training in? Oh, I've got an hour here. A client canceled. I can get to the pool or I can, I can seek this. So it is that balance of like, you know, trying to train 20 hours a week and work 20 hours a week and with some more or less on both ends, you know? So, but it's, it's working. It's, I mean, I'm, I find that balance and I'm, I don't give myself a hard time when I'm feeling totally smashed. Cause I know I've got, you know, there are other parts of life that fold in with this. What about sponsor pressure? Have you noticed a change since taking your pro card? Because you had support as an amateur. Yeah, correct? yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've been working with core sports since, 2013 and they've always had my back. I'm still navigating that area. I'm lucky that core has got great deals with other companies. You know what I mean? So like, we've got like a, we've got a bike sponsor, we've got a swim sponsor. So that's kind of one of the areas that I don't, I'm still learning. I'm grateful that core has kind of got those backings, but it's also, I always thought it was like, Oh, you're fast. 
you get sponsors, but no, I think there's like this, I'm learning about this whole social media component of things, which I'm like, what? It's a little kind of disheartening, but I understand that like, I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean it more just like, okay, yeah, they're trying to sell their product. They need people to, um, you know, represent them. And, and so it's just, I'm kind of like, I'm grateful for core. I'm still navigating that. I really don't know how that works. So I'm kind of like, using this year as kind of like, okay, this is my first pro year. And I, and then maybe I'll reach out to some, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I'm honestly, I'm still learning that. So I haven't really felt pressure because I've had course back, if that makes sense. I think even in five more years, you'll say you're still learning that far. I think it's always evolving and learning. I mean, it changes, it changes so fast, right? right. And it changes, but at the same time, like it also feels like it goes really slow and you'll be sending emails into the oblivion for years and years. Right. right but, right. um, if you, yeah, having a good company or two that like has your back through the whole thing, like right. is, is really helpful. And at least that will help you kind of navigate these first years, hopefully. So, exactly. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't think it's ever, there's no like playbook for that because it is so constantly evolving, which is crazy. Totally. Um, makes sense. And Katie, you mentioned you're, you know, back home and working again after yeah. one day after your race in Chattanooga. Yes. So um, can you tell us a little bit about your day job? Yeah. So I am a, a strength coach and a personal trainer. And up until the pandemic, I worked at an athletic club. I was at the athletic club like at 6 a.m. till noon. And then I would train from like noon to five and then I'd see clients again. And then just, so it was kind of like a crazy schedule, but since the pandemic, not that the pandemic was a good thing, obviously a lot of people suffered, but for me, it was liberating to see that I can be my own boss, you know, and I can, I don't need the athletic club to, I've made relationships. And when our gym closed down, people still wanted to work with me, you know? So I do a lot of I do Zoom strength sessions. I do in-person strength sessions and I'm getting more into coaching too. So I've got a few athletes that I work with and, you know, I have I've experienced racing, but I'm, I'm a newer coach. I've been coaching for about three years. And so I, I do, I do coaching and then strength coach. Like, so, you know, just personal training for, you know, people who want to stay strong and stay active in their everyday life, people who want to ladies who are in their late sixties, who want to keep their bone mass and their muscle mass. So I, I, I kind of like all sides of that. I, I love seeing people, um, you know, get strong. And if that's to play with their grandkids for 10 more years or for the first, first timer, um, trying to qualify for Kona, you know, so I, I I'm, I'm all in that realm of like exercise, right. And, and, and tra- in sport, which I love it is a, you know, because I am a strength coach and I do work for myself, right. Um, the, I don't, if I don't work, I don't get paid, but I also have that flexibility to, um, train, you know, and to like, okay, Wednesday, I've got a long ride on the schedule. I can schedule clients early, take the rest of the afternoon off go, go ride, you know? So I I think that because, you know, my passion, like my passion is like my, my passion job, right. Is triathlon. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with the way it works out because I don't sit behind a desk from nine to five, you know, I make it work. And, um, do I have a lot of money? No, but am I happy and content and get to travel? Yes. You know, that's what matters to me. You know, it's a, it's a hustle. It's a grind, but I don't think I would want it any other way if that makes sense. What about your own strength training? Do yeah. you program yourself? So I actually, I do not, I do not pro. I, so I did for a while 
And, but I reached out to um, Kevin Purvis. He's based out in, in um, Colorado, Boulder. And I, I, I literally reached out saying, hey, I'm a strength coach and I want someone else to take the guesswork out of the strength coach, strength, strength training for me. And it's cool because I, I put my own input in there. And, you know, it's kind of cool because if he gives me something, I'm like, no, I know that exercise doesn't work for my body. You know, I, I can play around with it, but it is nice to have someone take kind of that guesswork out of it. And working with him, I've learned how to better prepare the athletes I work with for specific triathlon strength coaching, you know, because I'm, you know, most of my experience is just with getting people like the everyday mover strong, but with working with him, getting a little, like, you know, you learn from everybody, everybody you work with gives you a little bit of information. So um, I knew what to do, but he has had years of working on working with just strength at, you know, endurance athletes. So that's kind of helped me so I can worry about my athletes and I can just do what he tells me to do. You know, I'm like, Oh, skip that exercise. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> do you have a favorite exercise that you think is like really good for triathletes? I do. Um, I think the best exercise is the Copenhagen plank. Are you mm. guys familiar with that? I'm not familiar. No, okay. it's the side. It's a side, it's a side plank with focus on inner thigh strength. It's where you like hook your, I can like send y'all a video. It's, it's the side plank. Into, okay. I'll back up integrative core exercises where you're using your whole body and not, you know, you're not doing like a sit up that forget a sit up compound movements are, I think are always the best where you're like a side plank where you're incorporating your hips, your inner thighs, everything all at once. Those are, I think going to be the most bang for your buck because, you know, when running that whole, that's that whole kinetic chain working as one unit, you know what I mean? Um, so I think any movement where you're working, the core and the legs and the hips all in one is going to be the best. So Copenhagen plank, Google I'm gonna it. Look it up. Yeah, I feel awesome. like I've seen this. Is it where you're like your, your leg is like, you can do it like if it's on a table or something. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Well, Alyssa's like, yeah. Yeah. I've, no. <laughs> I like had a very sad attempt at this one time and it's like it, but it also shows you a lot of imbalances, right? Exactly. Like I remember one side, I was like, yeah, I can do this. And I switched to the other side. I was like, Whoa, I can't do this at all. Like so it does kind of expose, right? When you right. have to do the, like the compound movements, I think that's like a, a big part of it. Totally, totally. Yeah. And I remember I first started doing it, I was like, I got this. Yeah. But then, it, you know, but then it's like, no, it's like, it's real. I'm shaking after 30 seconds, which is awesome, you know? And I think it's those no, little- I definitely didn't make it to 30 seconds. Well, I don't, I don't, I mean, there's different levels. There's different levels. Whatever level I was in, I was not making yeah. 30 seconds, but yeah. Wait. Katie, since you are a gymnast, I am curious, are you, are you like the kind of person that does like a cartwheel or whatever? I don't even know the terms. Like, are you going to do like a backflip across the finish line? Have you ever done that? I've never done that. And people (laughs) ask me why I don't do that. And I just don't even think about it. Honestly, that is true. Like your brain is not working. Like you are just like, get me across that line. But I was just curious because I'm like, as someone who does not have the ability to do that Got even it. in my most rested, most alert state, <laughs> like my body just doesn't move like that. I was like, Oh, you know, if someone who could, that would be kind of cool. But yeah. also, yeah. Save it for your win. Maybe when you're winning right? and you're That's like right. that time, you're coming across the finish line shoe. And then everyone be like, what? <laughs> That's right. No. Yeah. I, it's like funny because it's like, I have lost a lot of flexibility like the extreme flexibility, but I'll take it because I've gotten stronger in other ways. You know what? I'd rather, I'd rather take that, but no, no cartwheels or anything. Like I did try to do like, um, a back handspring down a hill the other day. I was like, Oh <laughs> yeah, Katie, don't just do that again. 
but it's cool. Like it's, it's there, but like my form is way off. So I'll, I'll stick with, I'll continue to, you know, gymnastics is in the past, but I, you know what? I am grateful though, for that overall like strength it gave me. It gave me a lot of strength, base strength. And I think that helped me kind of convert to a multi-sport athlete, you know, but no, no cartwheels over the finish line. I do get some good jumps though. No, with that rebound. That's, no, that's more than I can do. I'm always like, wait, just smile. That's, like, right. that's smile. like the most you could ask of me, which also sometimes doesn't happen. Right. No, that's okay. It's hard. It's hard. Um, well, so you just finished this pretty big block of racing. Are yeah. you planning? A, um, it sounds like you don't have much of a break. You're headed to the gaps this weekend yeah. um, or this week. And are you eyeing your next start line already? So I think I, yes, but I want to see how it goes. Okay. So I'm thinking 70.3 Montreblanc because I like the race. I have a place to stay, which is great. Nice. Like that's huge. Mm-hmm. You know, I did get my Delta Amex card. So I'm racking up those points. <laughs> well, you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. all about There's like, a direct flight. A- a- yeah. Atlanta and Montreal direct right? flight. Pretty easy. Yeah. So like, <laughs> I've got that. Like I got my 80,000 points from just, you know, um, signing you know, up, signing up. <laughs> right. So Oops. Sorry guys. Um, yeah. So I'm thinking that now I think now that would be to more just continue getting experience. Um, but I think my next a rate like is going to be Lake Placid because I think, I mean, I I think it's good for me to race 70.3s, but I excel at the Ironman distance because I have more real estate on the run. And that's just the fact reality for me as an athlete. I want to, you know, a part of me is like, should I do that? Should I, is that enough break in between there? But I'm going to, you know, I talked to my coach and we're going to like kind of make a call on Wednesday or basically I'm going to make the call. You know, he's like, he's always, he says, always up to you, you know, but um, yeah, I, I think this again, like this year is just like learning and getting experience. You know, I want to do well in Placid. So I want to make sure that I'm recovered, you know? Um, so we'll, we'll see. So maybe point three Montreal and then Lake Placid, and then we'll see what the rest of the year brings. Well, we are really excited to see what the rest of the year brings for you too. And um, thanks so much for sharing a little bit about your journey. And I think that a lot of our listeners will also be cheering you through this season and kind of seeing what we can, we can see you do. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you both for having me on here. So fun. So when we recorded with Katie, she was tentatively planning to raise Tremblant 70.3. And I know via social media that she has changed her mind. Um, I think one of the best things about racing pro is that you can kind of get into races a little bit more last minute, but sometimes you have to make the the tough decision and realize it's not the best thing long-term and, uh, change your plans. And so it can be a good thing to be flexible, but it can be a little frustrating. And so I'm glad she's taking care of herself as she navigates that that's dynamic. Totally, totally. And we will definitely keep following her and see what is up next. I'm sure something will be before. I think it's like Placid. Like okay. Placid. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So maybe if I, I'll be, I'm still toying with if I can get myself there in person to spectate. I would love to spectate that race. So we'll see. But um, Haley, uh, have a great week over in Bozeman, continuing to train in this last little bit for Coeur d'Alene. And I will talk to you next week. Bye, Alyssa. You've been listening to the Iron Women podcast hosted by Haley Chura and Alyssa Gadeski. Iron Women is a production of Feisty Media and is edited by Lydia Russell and produced by Ellen Atitian. Head to livefeisty.com to find more podcasts, stories, and fresh perspectives. Thanks for listening.